Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Women of the Way. This is Brooke, and sadly, Cecilia will not be here for this episode. She is super busy with finals um, coming up this week and school and all of that craziness. So just be keeping her in your prayers that she can finish this semester well, because I know it's a hard time. Um, But we still wanted to get another episode out for you guys and be able to bring some more encouragement to your lives this week. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about the fourth fruit of the Spirit today, which is a great one that, if I'm honest with, I struggle (laughs) with a lot sometimes. Um, But the Lord has really and truly sanctified me in throughout um, my years of following and being a follower of him. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about patience and look at scripture with you guys. Um, But just for a little remembrance of the fruits of the Spirit, I'm going to read you guys Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23 again. So we're going to have that in our minds as we go into the rest of the word today. So, Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So, yeah, we've talked about love. We've talked about joy. We've talked about peace. We've hit on Christ's love for us displayed on the cross. We've hit on how our relationship with our relationship with The father is um, very similar to a marriage relationship, to a dating relationship in a way. Um, We've hit on joy and peace, and we've looked at the scriptures and seen where um, those themes and those attributes of God and those character traits that we should exemplify as Christ's followers are in the word. So it's been a pretty fun time. We looked at a lot of Hebrew and Greek words to kind of get a more in-depth look at joy and peace. Um, And for today, I just wanted to kind of bring it back around to our love episode and, yeah, kind of look at a few major instances in the Bible where we see God's patience and also bring it back to how we as followers of Christ should be exemplifying his patience in our lives. Um, So I think the biggest thing first is that we only have any patience because of God being so patient with us. And 2 Peter 3, 9 says that, um, again, they're super quick. Um, so, the Second Peter three nine says that the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So the Lord, if we are a Christian, has been so patient towards us. We deserve nothing from Him. What we deserve is His punishment for our sin, because the wages of sin is death and we deserve that eternal death in punishment forever because of our sin against our creator but yet God has been so patient 
and kind towards us that he sent his son to die for us so that we could have everlasting life. And that's the basis where I want to ground this whole episode in is the magnificent, beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ, because that is our hope. That is our joy. And that is where we find all of these fruits of the spirit come from a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the only way that we can truly exemplify and have these character traits and these fruits of the spirit is through relationship with him um, and loving him and growing in the knowledge of Christ every day. So I wanted to start off with the gospel because that's the most important message that anybody could ever hear, ever know, is that God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And you can know you're going to heaven because of what he did for you and not through any work that you've ever done. If you turn to him in faith, repent of your sins. Um, so yeah, that's the most important message. Um, but I'm also going to go... Oop, my audio got a little messed up there. But um, I'm going to go to two different stories in the Old Testament. Um, so I'm going to the books of Jonah and Hosea. So two minor prophets in the Old Testament. So kind of in the latter half of the Old Testament, two books containing pretty pretty different stories. Um, but they both really show God's patience towards his people. Um, and in Jonah, we see God's patience towards this prophet who was told to go preach to one of Israel's biggest enemies to Assyria, to a nation that was very sinful. The Las Vegas of our time is their Israel's view of Assyria. Um, one of their enemies um, later in history, Assyria is going to come and take the northern kingdom, which Jonah's prophesying in, into exile, into captivity. Um, by the time Jonah's prophesying, he's prophesying in a time of relative peace and prosperity. He's prophesying during the reign of King Jeroboam II. Um, and you can read about him in 2 Kings 14. Um, so he's not really prophesying at the time of the exile. And again, in a time of relative peace. And this is when God tells Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah does exactly that. I'm just kidding. If y'all know the story of Jonah, he does the exact opposite. He gets on a ship, goes to the western edge of the world at that time, tries to flee from the presence of God. A huge shipwreck, huge storm happens. He's thrown off the edge of the ship, ends up in the belly of a fish. He, the fish throws him up onto the shore of Nineveh. And then Jonah goes and preaches one sentence to the Ninevites, and they all turn to God and repentance. Um, they understand the weight of their sin, and they turn to Christ, well, to God. Christ did not come yet, but they turn to God and repent of their sins so they won't perish. And Jonah is, well... Not the happiest after this happens. He complains to God. He basically tells God that, God, this is why I didn't want to go. Because I knew you would do this. Because I knew you're a God full of mercy and full of steadfast love and forgiveness. And you're slow to anger. And Jonah's only happy when a plant grows up next to him. Not when, as chapter 4 of Jonah 
says when 120,000 persons who don't even know their right hand from their left. So it's kind of euphemism, not euphemism, more of a metaphor of how the Ninevites were very ignorant. They didn't know anything about God. They were very um, wayward. That's why they were rebellious, because they didn't know anything about God. And God wanted to send Jonah to preach to them, so, to preach his love to them so that they would know him. Um, Jonah reluctantly does do this if you read through the book of Jonah, but he doesn't want to. Jonah is angry that his plant dies, not that the people of Nineveh are perishing and are on their way to everlasting destruction. He doesn't care about that. Um, but yet, the Lord is so patient towards Jonah. And you can see that all throughout these four chapters. He still chooses him. He brings him himself through a fish and through all these crazy means. We're not going to get into all the details of the story of Jonah right now. Um, but he brings him to the people of Nineveh. And God saves them. They repent. They turn. And, I mean, maybe later they turn back with Assyria taking the Israelites into exile. And the Israelites did have, in their mind, a very justified reason to hate Assyria and the Ninevites. But God still loved them. God still desired them to repent and to turn to him. And he's not only patient towards them, was so patient towards his people, to one of his prophets, that tried to run away from him, which you can't do. You can't run away from God. Go read Psalm 139, and you'll see that even in the darkness, in the depths of the sea, and Sheol, as David says, God is still there. His presence is everywhere. He is omnipresent. Um, he is. He exists throughout the world. We're not going to to get into all these specific details of how he is omnipresent, but he is. And he's so patient towards this prophet. Um, and we're going hit, to hit more on Jonah next week with kindness as well. But I really want you all to think about how patient the Lord is towards Jonah and how he's so patient towards us as well. As people, if we are Christians, who have been redeemed from sin, from our bondage to slavery, from our bondage to destruction, our bondage to pursuing the world and pursuing what we think we want when it doesn't leave us any ha true happiness or true joy. Um, but God saved us. and He was patient towards us when he was calling us to himself. I know there are times where I haven't really always wanted um, to truly obey the Lord and truly follow him. But he was so patient towards me. Um, and that really goes straight into Hosea. And to another time, we're not just a prophet, but the whole nation of Israel, um, specifically the northern kingdom of Israel, is rebelling against the Lord and against his covenant that he made with them. They're worshiping the Baals, these Canaanite gods so they're worshiping idols they're offering 
sacrifices and burning offerings to these idols, um, they're directly disobeying the first commandment that you shall have no other gods before me. They're putting a multitude of gods before the one true God. And the story of Hosea, really highly encourage y'all to read. It's a beautiful book in the Old Testament that I think is overlooked along with the majority of the minor prophets. I think uh, we as Christians really do not give enough attention to these stories and to these prophets and what they have to say about their nation and the people. And we, we just, we don't give enough attention to them. But Hosea's story, his personal life with his unfaithful wife, Gomer, who, you know, unfaithful, she's on him, is not a great wife. His re- um, God tells Hosea to marry Gomer. Um, but with that relationship, you really see our relationship with the Lord. And you see the Lord's relationship with his people, with the Israelites, because they are being the unfaithful bride to their groom. And they're turning and worshiping these false gods. They're turning and prostrating themselves on the altar of Baal and giving themselves all the way over to sin and turning from their faithful groom who has never left them, who brought them out of slavery, who brought them out of Egypt, and they're turning from him. And, you know, there's a very stark and kind of bleak um, passages in Hosea where God tells the tells Hosea to say that, you know, the people are not his people anymore. He, like, tell my people they're not my people. He says, I will have mercy on no mercy. So he's calling them no mercy. He's calling them not my people because they've turned from him. They've went their own way. Um, but yet God is still so patient. Like I said earlier with Jonah, he's so patient towards his wayward children, his wayward bride. And this is what Hosea 11, verses 1 through 4 said. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. And I bent down to them and fed them. And I'm going to read y'all the little study note in my Bible um, for this passage. It says, The Lord never stopped loving Israel. Throughout their history, he taught Ephraim, that is Israel, to walk. And he healed them as a father does with his child led them with cords of kindness with the bands of love. And many commentators think that in verse 4, the image changes to that of a kind farmer with his animals. He removes the yoke and leads the animal, not with harsh ropes, but with light cords and bands to guide the animals to their food. Then the Lord, like a gentle farmer, even bent down and fed them. These kind acts provide the basis for a relationship of care, guidance, and obedience. Tragically, the Lord's love was rejected. The more they were called, the more they went away. So, like the note just said, you see the Lord's kindness and his love and his care for them. That he is, as the New Testament calls Jesus, our great shepherd. Um, 
and we're his sheep, and his sheep are going astray. They're turning from him, yet the Lord is is leading them with these cords of kindness, with bands of love. And he's like a kind, gentle farmer with his animals. Um, and it's so, I mean, it's not very, it's not saying, oh, look, God is so patient here. But you see how he's so patient with his people that he's willing to get down to their level as his as their shepherd and their kind farmer and lead them and guide them back to himself even though the more he calls them the more they walk away and how many times i think do we do that do we see other people do that have we heard the voice of the lord we've heard the gospel but yet we don't always truly live by it. We don't let it change our lives. We don't let it transform us. We we think maybe we're on the narrow path, right? We think maybe we are Christians, but we're not actually truly living it. We might just have the intellectual belief. We might think that's just because we prayed a prayer when we were six years old. That means that we're truly saved, that we're truly a part of Christ's um, family. But we're not actually following after with all of our hearts. We haven't got to that point where we say, Lord, I humble myself before you. I'm a sinner and I deserve your judgment. But you paid the price for me through the death of your son. We haven't humbled ourselves in repentance, in this turning away from our old self to our new self. We haven't put our faith in Christ Truly, and let it transform us because faith that faith without works is dead. And I say all that that we would, um, you know, I think sometimes we need to examine ourselves. So Second Corinthians thirteen five says, "Examine yourselves to see if you are to see if you are truly in the faith." But yet, through all of that, if we examine ourselves and we realize. Through the conviction and the power of the Holy Spirit, I will add that maybe we aren't we aren't actually truly a follower of Christ. Well, we see God's patience through that because He is the one who makes dead people alive. He is the one that when we are dead in sin and transgression, God is the one because He is not slow to fulfill His promise, but is patient toward us. That he brings us up. He gives us life. He breathes new life into our dead bodies. And gives us freedom and joy in him for eternity. Despite maybe we will never have the best circumstances on this earth. We don't come to Jesus for money. We don't come to Jesus to get anything. We come to Jesus simply to gain him. Because he is worthy of our praise and of our affections, of our desire. Because the thing with Christianity is not that we are just following a list of rules and doing moral good things, even though we hate doing them. The thing is that God and his patience and kindness gives us a new heart to where we now desire the things of God. We now desire to read his word and to commune with him in prayer.
and to share his gospel with other people because we know that's the only fountain of hope and surety and surety and assurance and peace and patience and all of the fruits of the spirit because we cannot be good on our own. Our righteousness is a filthy rags before the Lord because he is perfect, completely holy. There's no moral defect in him. He is perfection, complete. He doesn't need anything. He is self-sufficient on his own. And the Father doesn't need us. And the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have been in eternity forever in perfect love and harmony and unity. And the Son left that comfort of heaven and home for us to live as a human, to live as fully man and fully God, to be hungry and to thirst and to drink and to work and to resist every form of temptation without sin and die a criminal's death on a cross for us and rise from the dead three days later for our freedom. So that is the gospel. And that's a little bit off from patience, but um, just wanted to reiterate that this is what our podcast is about. This is a podcast um, obviously about Christianity and about the Bible and about faith, but what our faith rests on is the gospel, is the good news of Jesus Christ, that in him we can have freedom, freedom from our sin, because sin is anything that is going against God and against his will. Um, We can have freedom, we can know him, and Yeah, that's the most amazing news. And with that, I had two kind of other major points I wanted to hit with um, patience in the scriptures. So in the New Testament, I really wanted to hit on the character of Christ and how he is patient as well with his people and specifically how Jesus is so patient with his disciples and with Peter specifically. Um, If you read through any of the Gospels, especially if you read through Mark, um, you will quickly see the disciples really do not know that much. Um, They definitely don't know as much as they think they might know. Um, They're always asking questions. They always misunderstand what Jesus says. Jesus is always having to stop and explain things to them. Um... But yet, Jesus doesn't say, oh, I'm tired of this. I don't want to keep explaining these things to these disciples. No, he's patient with them. and He still stops and explains to them. And I think especially in the Jesus's um, instances with Peter, when he talks to Peter, I think Peter is a great example of patience in um, the Bible of Jesus. Peter is a great example of Jesus's patience. Um, cause Peter is this guy who is so bold at times, so brash, so full of the spirit at times where he, Jesus asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? Peter is the first one to say, you are the son of the living God. 
you are the Messiah. Um, and then he's rebuked later. <laughs> so, but Peter is the guy that is not afraid to follow, to give himself fully to a cause greater than himself. And sometimes that leads him to doing crazy things. And the Gospel of Luke, which is one of my favorite Gospels because it's very, very detailed and very, um, has a lot of kind of extra um, things to the stories of the other Gospels. So, love Luke. But I want to read you guys Luke 22, 31 through 34 in verse 61. So this is um, the first verses are before Peter betrays Jesus. So Peter um, three times as Jesus is, you know, in being tried and is being about to go to his crucifixion and be beaten and scorched before then, Peter denies him. And this is what Jesus says before this is about to happen. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. And then verse 61 says, so this is after Peter has already denied Jesus three times. Verse 61 says, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And verse 62 says, He went out and wept bitterly. So, um, verse 61 especially really stuck out to me um, this past Easter on Good Friday, just this image of Jesus being beaten, have him just being tried by the Sanhedrin. They spit on him. Um, they hit him. They mock him. And Peter has just denied him three times. And Jesus looks at him right after he had done this. But yet... Jesus never condemns Peter. Jesus even says, Satan demanded to have you, but Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith will not fail. That he is so patient in this kind, good shepherd that he still chooses to use Peter to be the rock of his church, as Matthew 16, 18 says, and to be the apostle to the Jews as Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. And Peter was used by God in so many different ways. I mean, he wrote 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is not slow towards us, but is patient. Um, and he wrote 1 Peter 2, which highlights how our shepherd Jesus is patient with us. And he's the overseer of our souls and is graciously beckoning us with arms wide open and come running back home to him. And the amazing truth of that, of 1 Peter 2, 25 says, For you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We were straying. 
but we have returned to the shepherd and overseer, and that's what Peter did. He returned to his shepherd, even after he had betrayed him three times, and the Lord Jesus Christ looks right at him, knowing he had been he had been betrayed. Yet Christ, the supreme example of patience, is the one who, like a lamb that has led to its slaughter, didn't speak a word, was beaten, mocked, and scourged. And like I said earlier with the gospel, what he went through for us on that cross in his death, in his resurrection, he called out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, as he hung on that cross, gasping for air. It was patient to fulfill the plan that God had given him. From the foundation of the world, God had always had a plan to save us from sin, to save his wayward bride Israel from her rebellion, to use a wayward prophet to preach his grace to a sinful people. That's God's plan. God is patient. And so is God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, patient as well. In all these examples from scripture of God's character and Christ's character of being patient should lead us as followers of Christ to be patient as well. And to see how we should be patient with the people around us. Um, I have two kind of big things that we should be patient, especially with those that don't know the Lord yet. Um, and again, keep bringing up Second Peter 3, 9. It's kind of the staple verse of this, um, of this podcast, of this episode, that God is not slow to fulfill his promise as some counts on us, but is patient toward us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So we don't know what our patience in choosing to be patient, not to be in this huge rush and rushing past people and not giving them the time of day. But when we choose to be patient to people, we don't know how the Lord is going to use that. We don't know, like Second Timothy 2.25 says, that God may still grant them repentance and faith. And I know I can be very impatient, especially when I've been praying for something for so long and it hasn't happened. And I wonder, where is the Lord in this? Is he ever going to answer my prayer? Is he ever going to do what I've asked him to do? But then I'm not being patient. I'm counting the days and the time, as Second Peter 3.8 says, on my own time, not on the Lord's time, because a day with him is as a day with us is as a thousand years with him. And I'm not being patient. I'm not letting him transform me into who he has called me to be. So we need to be patient with those around us that don't know the Lord. And with those that do, we're called to bear with our brothers and sisters in Christ, Ephesians 4, 2, and to bear their burdens, as Galatians 6, 2 says, and that we are all one body of Christ. And we should strive for patience and unity with one another. And again, I might have said before, but of course, unity within the gospel We can't be unified if we don't agree on the basics, essentials of the. Sorry, guys, again, audio, not good, but yeah, we only have unity in the truth, in the truth of the gospel. Unity without 
truth is not unity at all. Um, and you can look up 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13, which has us as one body of Christ. With many different parts. And that's how God has chosen. Who he has chosen us to be. To be patient and to bear with our brothers and sisters. To be patient with those that don't know the Lord yet. And to embody our Savior's patience. To pray for that patience. But I want to end this podcast with. Is that the Lord is so faithful to us and he never leaves us he never forsakes us again think of the gospel think of the suffering of Christ on our behalf think of all the many verses that say we were dead in our sin but now we made alive in Christ as Ephesians 2 says as Romans 5 says we've been justified um by faith, and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But God has been so patient with us. Think of how you became a Christian. God was patient with you. God was patient with me. I didn't want him until I was 18. I didn't want to know him until later in my life. But he was patient and he brought me to himself, simply through the power of the gospel, through nothing that I could ever have done. And because of that patience of God, we can now be patient with others. And we can now bear with one another in love for the sake of the gospel. Um, and that's what I want to leave you all with, is the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of Christ, of his patience. So you see that with Peter, with his disciples, and the beauty of God, of how patient and slow to anger and forgiving our God is and the people he chooses to use. Um, he loves us. He is our, Jesus Christ is our bridegroom. We are his bride. And we, as the bride of Christ, should be completely and 100% fulfilled solely in him. And it's through him that we can have true patience with others when you remember the patience God has towards us and yeah that's the end of this podcast God is patient and that's what I want to leave y'all with so I'm gonna sing our little outro or my version of the outro and then see y'all next week so let me say that so Cecilia would say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and peace to all of you who are in Christ. Mm-hmm.